One of my privileges um, being on staff, one of the privileges I have um, in my role is I get to talk to people. Um, I've noticed that creative people can talk a lot. You guys can talk. So, you know, Rich isn't here tonight, but I, you know, I spent hours at Lou and Rich's house um, into the 11 o'clock, half 11 kind of stories there. <laughs> talking creative. Um, Matt Oakes is sat over there. I can spend hours talking to Matt. He's sat next to Sheridan. I can spend hours talking to people um, about creativity. And um, it was actually a conversation I was having last week with Matt about this environment, you people, this, this team. And we were, we were talking about actually how much wisdom is just simply in this room. Um, how much knowledge, how much skill, how much expertise, how much enthusiasm um, is just in this one room. And we thought, um, well, I thought and Matt thought as well, we, we should package that somehow. We should, we should try and um, develop that because I think this church, not saying um, no, we're, we're going to have an amazing ministry that impacts the whole entire world, but you never know. But I think we, have, I think we, we should start recording things and film, audio, because you never know where that could go. And one idea Matt had, and I really like this idea, is to podcast things, because I listen to podcasts wherever I go. There's certain things that we can do um, and talk about. Um, he's not here tonight, but Nathan is a professional photographer. I would love to just unpack his brains about photography and, and stuff like that. So we're thinking about doing that. We're looking at maybe um, releasing podcasts every now and then. So this is a pilot. This is a trial. So you've got four stools. You're going to have three people on a panel, and I'm going to have a go at interviewing them. Um, about worship. Now, I originally had the stools on the stage, but I took them off, partly because it's a little bit more intimate, but also to illustrate a point that the topic for tonight's conversation is worship off the stage. So um, I'm going to invite the panel to the front, and we're going to just talk for, um, so can someone keep an eye on the time? We're just going to talk for, say, 20 minutes max. But can we give a warm welcome to Matt, Tim, and Jess? Um, we'll start with you, Jesse, because you've got the microphone. Um, we're talking about worship off the stage. So what we've got on the stage, what we've got here, we've got a worship leader, in inverted commas. I hope you don't mind me saying that, Tim. We've got a musician. I know there's more to you than that, but just for the, the sake of today, um, on any given Sunday, we would have somebody allocated as a worship leader. We'd have at least one musician, and we would have someone on tech. And we'd have someone specifically for Jess on AV. So Jess, I see you on AV. I see you during a Sunday morning practice. And I see you at times, hands raised, the lights are off at the back, no one's seeing you. Why, how and why do you worship the way you do when you do AV? Just give us a little bit of a glimpse of what worship off the stage is like for you. Um, so, I mean, it's quite similar to just me being in normal life. Because if you haven't noticed, I'm quite enthusiastic about jumping about. Um, but no, so, I mean, yeah, I was don't remember that people can actually still see me. Um, so, yeah, that There's is... There's always someone watching. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, I was going to say that. The Holy Spirit. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, so just sometimes I would be in the middle of doing um, like an actual like service and would realize that because I'm focusing so much on, um, you know, making sure that the words are coming up at the right time and that everything looks okay and just kind of the... Just the logistics of that, I noticed sometimes that I wasn't actually, that it was an amazing moment. I really wanted to, you know, focus on God and the, I felt like the words in the song were really speaking to me, but I felt like I couldn't fully kind of focus on God because I want to obviously make sure that other people could worship. 
Um, so even though I do still do that, and I do still sometimes, if I know that I've, I can wait for a second to press the button, I will, you know, do a bit of worship. Um, but when we're rehearsing, obviously, it's very important for the, the team that they see the words, but also I feel kind of a bit more freer to kind of be like, you know, this is my this is my time. I might not be able to focus as much um, during the, the gathering on this because obviously I want to make sure I'm giving excellence um, from what other people can see and helping them worship, but this is kind of like my time that I can focus on God in case I can't do it later, I guess. Um, and also I just love jumping about and being myself, silly. It's great. <laughs> it's great. I'm going to come back to you, Jess, and I'm actually going to ask you a question I didn't prepare you. I'm going to ask you Brilliant. the same question Wonderful. I'm about to ask Matt, so I'll give you time to think about it. But Matt, um, you know, you've, you've been in the band for quite some time. You're a musician. I know you're actually, Matt tells me, you're trying to teach yourself to sing. But in terms of the world's definition or our definition of a worship leader, you're not the named person. But how does that make you feel? How, as from, from your guitar, how would you say you lead worship? That's a, it's a good question. Cause so, so, yeah, I, I, am tr- I am trying to teach myself how to sing at some point. I, I may show people at some point a long time in the future. <laughs> not tonight. Uh, <laughs> I'm really not there yet. Um, but, yeah, for, so, so I see on a Sunday, my, I, I've got two jobs um, when, I'm on, when I'm on stage, when I'm playing a guitar. My, the first job I see is, t- is to lead worship, and I might not be the worship leader, I might not be the person who's singing and, and, and sort of controlling the direction of the songs, but I see um, my job is to lead worship by example. And, and and enter in and really go for it. Um, so so I I think that and my second job I feel is is to play the guitar and play it skillfully yeah. and, and, and and that. Um, but, but in that order, um, because we've got to remember what we're here for. We're here to praise and worship That's God. Right, yeah. And and if I can, I mean I'm visible on stage. Everybody on stage is visible, and we've got these lights and stuff like that. And if I I feel like I've got a responsibility to. Um, to, to model what what worship and praise looks like on the stage um, through my playing, but through my sort of countenance as well. So I'll yeah. try and go for it as much as I can. It doesn't necessarily come naturally to me, so I'm not I'm not a, an amazing dancer or anything like that. But <laughs> you could teach yourself though. I could probably. That's the next project. I could try to teach myself. <laughs> I'm I'm sure there's some people in here who could show me, but I, I I try and go for it as much as possible just to to try and inspire people a little bit um and and i see i see that as being a, a a really important part of being on the stage it's not just about playing your instrument it is about playing your instrument and about playing it well and preparing for it well and things like that but it's it's all, everybody on stage is there to lead worship that's right in yeah. my opinion so great answer jess going back to you you you're, you're not on the stage you're in the background you're in the shadows do you ever consider yourself to be a worship leader? Um, I guess I wouldn't use, I wouldn't think those words, but I mean, I have, I, I do know that people say like, oh, I like it when I see you jumping about um, at the back or when I'm just like actually just down there in like the audience or whatever we'd say, congregation, um, that people say, oh, I like seeing you jump about. It makes me feel like I can jump about. And that is definitely not why I do it. Um, but I think it's really nice to know that, like, because, like, and even people in my small group have said things like, oh, I like it when you jump about because I feel like I can do it too. And it's something that I'm very aware of and get actually, admittedly, a little bit nervous, embarrassed that that's what I'm like. But, like, I actually found the scripture in 2 Samuel where it says, David danced before the Lord with all his might wearing a priestly garment. 
And then it says that, um, you know, his, his wife saw him and was, like, embarrassed. And I was like, you know, I may be embarrassed, but, like, God obviously made me like this, so you must like it. Yeah, very so good. So I like to think that me being myself and worshipping how I want to encourages other people. Brilliant. Tim, I am going to come to you, but I'm going to go back to Matt again. <laughs> Only because I've had conversations with Matt about these certain things. and So think about worship off the stage. So, Matt, you're no longer on the stage. I've took you off. You're, you're on a Sunday off. Thanks. You're Bye. in the congregation. You're wherever you're sat. What's your opinion or your approach to worship when you're just the punter? You're, just, you're in the congregation. How, how do you see worship there? I've got to say I love that term. I've never <laughs> thought of it like that. Hunter. So, yeah. So, so I, I see, um, and I've thought a lot about this um, in the past, and we've spoken about this before, but my one of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 103, which is, um, Oh, my soul, praise the Lord, and everything that's within me, praise mm-hmm. his holy name. And that, to me, is really interesting because it's it's David telling himself to praise God, which means... And he's the worship leader of worship leaders in the Bible. So it's like he, he's, he's got to tell himself to praise God. Um, and also in the Bible, it says, it says, put on the garments of praise, which means that, that all this stuff means to me that they're not there by default. You have to do something to put them on. And I see on a Sunday morning, uh, you know, I think all of our emotions are, are very variable. So sometimes we, we feel up for it and that, but a lot of the time we don't. And I, I've come in here many, many times feeling down and had a really bad week and yeah. all that sort of stuff and had to remind myself, actually, I need to praise God. That's and if you're looking at like, the psychology of this stuff, I've heard a, a really interesting quote fairly recently, which is, it's easier to act yourself into a different way of thinking than think yourself into a different way of mm. acting. Um, which, in other words, it's like, it's, it's sort of, it sounds like it's, you've been a bit false, but actually... If you wait until you feel like praising God, you're just never going to really do it. It's going to be rare, those occasions, and you'll be dictated by your emotions and all of that. But if you're really intentional about it and say, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to praise God with everything that's within me. Um, and and I, I don't care what other people think. I mean, it's pretty dark in here, so it's actually quite easy to, right. to, to, to you know, you know, think that there's nobody watching you because generally they aren't. Most people aren't watching you. So they're watching Jay. That's, that's, <laughs> it, that's it. They're all looking at the back. But it's, you know, yeah. So <laughs> everybody in this room, eyes eyes to the back. That's it. But but if we if we can if we just pray and, and some of the biggest breakthroughs I've had and when God's done stuff with me has have been when I really haven't felt like doing it. I haven't really felt like praising God, but I've got up and I've given it some anyway. And and that and God's really done something in me, and I think there's there's another thing as as well with that is that uh, a lot of the times in the Bible where um, where God really moves and does something, it says um, that it, it, it there's a, a sentence before it says when they were all of one accord, and that is when when all the people are together and they're all pressing into the same thing and they're all going for it. That's what the picture I have of that in my, yeah, my mind good. is that when they're all really going for it and praising God with that one kind of heart and one mind, that's when God really moves. Yeah. So actually, it's, it's, it's more than just a personal thing. It's an obligation because that, that means it can release the power of God to do other things. That's brilliant. That's great. I am going to move to Tim. Um, Tim, you are worship leader, preacher of many years, perhaps longer than most. Um, 
you know, I'm just calling me old. No, I know. Inadvertently calling you old, yeah. Uh, but what I'm trying to paint the picture is that you, in some people's eyes, and uh, maybe some people in the room, maybe some of the younger guys, you've reached the pinnacle of Christendom. You are a preacher. <laughs> you're, you're a, a worship mean, leader. <laughs> <laughs> you know, many people aspire. Many people aspire to get that stage. And, and I think, um, because I've been on that stage, that stage can do weird things. To, to a person in two ways. One of which um, it can, um, and creative people, just using creative people as an example, creative people can tend to go in sort of one or two camps. And if you're in the middle, you're really blessed. But one camp is people that feel like they're imposters on the stage. They, they're not qualified. They're not able. They're not the right kind of person to be on the stage. And then you've got the other camp where people, it, the stage can inflate somebody's ego. You can feel as if that you've, you've earned and you belong on that stage. And I think if we can get in the middle, that's really helpful. But Tim, how do you deal with that tension? How do you deal with those kind of thoughts or issues that, that surround being a worship leader or a preacher? I think it's a, um, it's a challenge on um, kind of almost a weekly basis, probably depending on... on what, what week it is because to be honest I've sat in both of those camps and I've sat in the middle um, and I've spent years in in some of those camps and, and far far fewer in the other and I think and I said to you earlier I think that actually the answer to both of those questions um, is probably the same which is that I had to find a way to, to not make it about me wow, yeah. because actually the problem with both of those situations about either being insecure or having too much ego is that I've made it all about me. Very good. So when I'm insecure, I'm concerned about what other people think. Wow. And that, and my instinct is that what they think is negative. When I inflate my ego, I'm concerned about what other people think. But my instinct is that they think that I'm doing really well. Um, and <coughs> the way to not live in, th in either one of those places is to deliberately and intentionally not make it about me. But that is difficult because I think as human beings, we naturally make it about That's us right. yeah. um, because we interpret it through our own filters yeah. and, and all of that sort of thing. So I, I, I would say that I've, I've gone on a journey um, of trying to get to the, the root of why I um, do things. So whether it's preaching or whether it's um, leading worship, why am, I, why am I there because I choose to be? Not yeah. because somebody's asked me to be, but if I'm choosing to get up on that stage, why am I doing it? Yeah. Um, and the answer to that question, when it is right, has to be because I feel that God wants me to be there. Wow. Yeah. And that's not out of ego. That's not because I'm the, the perfect person to do that. That's just because I think that's what he wants for me at that moment now. Partly because he wants to say something through me and partly because he wants to teach me something about myself. So when I've had those insecure moments and when I've had the ego moments, um, I believe that God has used them to teach me something about myself and that something in me needs to change. Very good. And so when I, and I went through periods of not really being self-aware, you know, when you're not self-aware of, of those, those feelings, and that's an issue because you don't realize that you're, you're doing something out of the wrong motive. But when I became aware of the wrong motives in me, then I could start doing something about them or at least questioning them. And for me, it kind of comes back to, and we'll talk about worship, it kind of comes back to, there's a passage in the Bible where it talks about um, true worship 
and worshipping in spirit and in truth. And I think that works in a couple of different ways. One is when I'm on that stage, then I have a choice about whether I am truly worshipping in terms of am I actually worshipping or am I just singing songs to try and look as good as I can? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or am I just singing songs because I'm there and I internally I just desperately want to get off the stage, um, but I'm just filling time? Um, but Or am I actually truly worshipping? And... Wow. When I am worshipping, am I worshipping truly as myself? That's great. Because that, for me, was the, the crux of the matter. And there were two parts of that. One was being um, comfortable in my own skin, which has been a lifelong journey for me. I spent many, many years not being comfortable in who I am, um, both in terms of personality and the way I look and all of that. And I think a lot of us have struggled with those sorts That's of true. things. Um, and going through that journey has actually been key, but also understanding how I express myself in my worship. So when I'm worshipping truly in spirit and in truth, what does that look like? And part of that was not living up to expectations of other people and not trying to emulate somebody else's style or not trying to emulate what I think I should be doing, whether I think I should be smiling at this moment or whether I think I should jump or bounce or dance yeah. or because I can't dance um, or do whatever. Um, but learning what it is to worship as me. And that process came down to what I do in my own time. Yeah. So you've, you've asked Matt about what, how he worships in the, in the congregation. Yeah. Um, I actually struggle worshipping in congregations most Sundays. And you'll, you'll see me most Sundays struggling to worship in the congregation in the stage of life that I'm in, because when I am worshipping in the congregation... I have two small children next to me who I cannot take my eyes off and, and can't <laughs> kind of stop looking for and checking that they're not destroying themselves or something or, or other people. Um, so I really, I, I genuinely struggle yeah. with that. So I actually find it easier worshipping on a Sunday morning on the platform than I do down there because I have to think about them. Um, but for me, where I've learned to, to worship truly as myself has been um, in my study at home and in my car. Wow. But I've learned that in two different ways because in my study at home, it's normally been at about half five in the morning because that's the only time I get to myself because I have four kids. Um, <laughs> but because it's half five in the morning, I can't sing at the top of my voice. No. So I wrap myself up in headphones and just have those intense moments of um, just enjoying the, the music and focusing on God. Now, I'm not always good at that. Sometimes I fall asleep. Sometimes I just, you know, that's the way. But in, in those moments, I've learned how to focus on God. And then in my car, I can let loose and actually kind of sing and, and do what I need to do and hope that nobody's actually paying attention to the person in the car next to me in the traffic. Um, but it's in those moments that I've learned, I think, some of how... I express myself in worship as who I am and therefore learning to kind of take that onto the stage. Um, but if I'm not being myself fully there, then I'm not going to be worshipping in spirit and in, and in truth. That's great. Um, and in doing that, that relieves the pressure of, feeling insecure or inflating egos and, and all of that sort of stuff. Although that is still a constant tension because that is always there trying to feed in. 
from either end of the spectrum, probably usually depending on how well the practice has gone and how well the, you know. Um, but I think knowing and trying to find myself and be comfortable in who I am and how I express myself to God and trying to do that as is in as undiluted a way as possible on the stage is, is the goal for me at the moment. That's great, great answer. Um, quick fire round, you've got 30 seconds. Um, I'll, I'll, Tim, you said a lot, so I'm going to give it to Matt. Just 30 seconds, Matt, what do you do? How do you worship um, off the stage, out, you know, at home? What, just give us some, something that will encourage somebody. How do you worship at home, 30 seconds? And then the same to Jess. Um, that's, a, that's a good question because it varies a lot. And being busy, it's very difficult to get time to do that but just having um so it's very different to in church for me it's it's trying to get that that time that fairly quiet time exceptionally similar to tim as well in the car occasionally um on the motorway when people aren't looking at you next to traffic lights is uh, is a good <laughs> is a good time as well um but just trying to grab any any time that i can to to do that i also find that i, I w- worship god playing the guitar at home not necessarily playing worship music mm. i i find that just because I, I i can't sing yet i'm trying not yet i i i find <laughs> that, that noodling away on the guitar and actually and doing that but i'm doing that i feel i'm doing that for god and uh, and i'm i'm actually worshiping god in that way as well that's a big thing for me Great answer. And finally, Jess, bring us home. Just give us give us a rundown of what worship <laughs> might look like for you at home or in your car. Um, yeah, in, in both those places, it's usually quite loud. Um, I, ha- I really just really like music. Like I find that music is something that's really important to me in general, and especially worship music, because I feel like I can, sometimes with um, other music, you know, it connects with you, but I definitely feel like I connect listening to worship music. And so... Um, I know I'll play it as I'm walking around the house. I know Adriana does too. So sometimes we have two songs going on at the same time. Usually not the same one. Sometimes it is the same one and it's quite funny. Um, so I like sing in my room. I'll sing like when I'm cooking. Um, I'll play it in my car really loud and people will look at me at traffic lights because I do scream it sometimes. Like yesterday in that crazy traffic, I was just playing worship music and a few people looked at me and I was just like, I don't care. Um, well I will Jess. I will play it at work sometimes because we're I know I'm very lucky that we can have music playing in our ears. So if I'm really stressed out, I will just put some music, uh, worship music on. And sometimes I'm concentrating on it and other times I'm not, but it's there and I know that it makes me feel better and I know that I'm like absorbing the words. And like sometimes, sometimes uh, you'll listen to a worship song and you'll realize it says words that you didn't think about. Oh, I need to hear that. Um, and then... Also, I really am lucky that even though I have to get up, like, what well, I think is ridiculously early, but as early as you have to get up. So now I feel a bit guilty for saying that. But um, getting on the train when the sun's coming up, just listening to music and praying before I start my day. I love that. I think that's really good. Great answer. Great answers all around. Can we give them a round of applause? They've been a brilliant. Thank you for taking part in this. What, what I would call a pilot um, for, for things like this in the future. And in the future, you never know me or Matt might thrust a microphone towards you and you might have a two-hour podcast that goes to the, the rest of the world. Um, but there, we just thought we'd try it out. And I think that it's really good to just glean from you guys because you're interesting people. So you've all got interesting stories to tell. And if, if, you, if you talk about anything passionately, I'll listen. Um, even if I have no idea what it is, if you couldn't talk about it passionately, I will listen.